0: You're listening to the First Care Kit Podcast, a resource for first-time caregivers to help you feel empowered, give you hope, and a peace of mind while providing care to your loved one. For free resources, please head over to firstcarekit.com. everyone and welcome to the first care kit podcast. My name is nurse Tish. I am your caregiver's caregiver. Welcome aboard. If this is your first time with us, thank you so much for tuning in for my repeaters. Thank you for your continued support. So today's topic, we are going to discuss alternative methods for alleviating pain besides narcotics. Um, Sometimes narcotics can't be um avoid it but if they can they should be at all costs of course we are aware of the opioid crisis that we're in so today we're going to talk about some alternatives besides that so just to get a few house rules out of the way today Um, This information is not to diagnose. It is not to bypass anything that you've already discussed or received from your primary care physician or maybe discussed with the pharmacist. This is just some informational purposes, maybe some tips to help you or your loved one while dealing with um, acute or chronic pain. So um, if you want to like this information or to find more free resources like this, you can go to firstcarekit.com. Or if you simply want to follow us and stay in the loop, you can follow us at Facebook at First Care Kit, as well as Pinterest at First Care Kit. So let's get right into it. So uh, um, alternative methods for alleviating pain besides narcotics. Um, For those of you who may not know what a narcotic is, a narcotic doesn't necessarily have to be like a street drug. It can be something such as an opioid, which is typical common names are oxycodone, hydrocodone, um, fentanyl, new center the list can go on but those are controlled substances um formal you know also known as narcotics um <clears throat> when you have you know dealing with pain whether it's acute or chronic acute meaning sudden onset like you just had surgery or you recently fell or sprained a muscle or something like that that's acute pain but chronic pain is when The pain has been ongoing for more than, you know, a few weeks or for years or for those who've had multiple back surgeries or failed back surgeries or multiple um, surgeries and there's a lot of scar tissue, but there's many reasons why someone can have chronic pain, but that's the difference between acute and chronic. So what can be done, a lot of times people have pain and, you know, especially with today's time that we're in. And let me just stop and interject for a moment to say that I'm not completely against narcotics. I do believe that narcotics should be prescribed and managed effectively under the care of a a physician, not bought off the street, not taken from your friend or your mom has some leftover medication and you're in pain, you took it. I'm not a believer in sharing medication at all, especially prescription medications. Um, But sometimes narcotics are needed, but it's when the abuse takes effect. And I've witnessed firsthand with some of my patients and people that I know personally that has been affected by narcotic dependency and abuse. So I'm not against it. I just believe that it should be managed effectively. Um, So an alternative to that, um, one, we're going to start with non-steroidals. Those are your medications that you can purchase over-the-counter, such as Motrin, also known as ibuprofen, Aleve, Advil. These are medications that are designed to decrease inflammation. And a lot of times pain derives from an inflammatory response. So if you're having lower back pain and your pain is now radiating down into your leg or if you have neck pain, is radiating out into your arms or your shoulders. That's typically because you have an inflammatory response going on somewhere in there where there's um, an inflamed area that is up up. Uh, putting pressure on a nerve that is causing pain to go down into your leg or into your arm. Or a lot of times you can have an increase in muscle spasms. Inflammation in the muscles can cause the muscles to continue to contract into spasm. So anti-inflammatories or non-steroidals such as Motrin or Lever Advil, are going to help decrease that response. So it helps decrease the pain. Um, You can purchase any of those over-the-counter, but you just have to be careful with the uh, medications, you know, in the medical world known as NSAIDs, but also non-steroidals, because they can be very harmful on... Your kidneys. So you have to make sure you eat with that and not to exceed the daily allowance for ibuprofen. The daily allowance for that is twenty four hundred milligrams in twenty four hours. So typically what I would tell my family, or my loved ones or what I have given advice for patients at work are. Typical rule, don't exceed more than one eight hundred milligram tablet. Every eight hours, that's the max that you can take it because that equals 2,400 milligrams over a course of 24 hours. However, you want to break it up, but don't exceed more than 2,400 milligrams. Um, Another medication is acetaminophen, also known as Tylenol that can be purchased over the counter. It doesn't necessarily have the anti-inflammatory component. They do make a. And acetaminophen arthritis strength, which is supposedly to help with arthritis um, inflammatory response like pain, but it doesn't ne- necessarily decrease that inflammation like Motrin or leave would. But it does, and it is proven to be effective for pain, as well as reducing fevers. But we're not talking about that <laughs> today. We're talking about pain, so that, that would be in another topic. Yeah. And and thank you. That just gave me an idea. So let me get back to it anyway. um, So acetaminophen can help decrease pain as well. You can purchase that over the counter. And new recommendations have, you know, come out not too long ago that before the daily maximum allowance for acetaminophen was 4000 milligrams or four grams um, in 24 hours. Now is recommended not to exceed more than 3000 milligrams or three grams in 24 hours, because unlike Motrin or Aleve or the non-steroidals, which um, can be damaging to your kidneys, acetaminophen or Tylenol can be damaging to your liver. So you want to avoid taking or exceeding the um, recommended amount because it can cause kidney failure and and liver failure with those two medications. Um, So... You know, and, and also in the over-the-counter department, there are pain patches that you can purchase. You have Salon Paws. You have Icy High. You can go into the pain rem- uh, remedy section, and there's going to be all kind of over-the-counter pain patches that usually are good for muscular-like pain. If you have a cramp or a backache or you pull the muscle, make sure the area is good and clean because that would better, better help the adhesive stick. Um, And you can leave it on, follow the instructions, some of them for 24 hours, some of them for 48 hours or 12 hours. Whatever the instructions say, make sure you read the instructions and and abide by whatever the instructions are. But those are proven to be effective as well. A lot of times I'll have patients that are calling in. Um, they don't want to take a pill. They don't want to take a narcotic, but they want something like a patch that will help for pain. Um, and they'll ask for a lidoderm prescription, lidoderm patches. And yes, lidoderm patches work great. I wish more insurance companies would approve those and pay for them. But guess what, y'all? Unfortunately, they don't. Um, And I've had patients who've had multiple back surgeries, failed back surgeries, chronic pain. Insurance will not pay for it. The only way... That most insurance companies will pay for lighter darn prescription patches, or if there is a diagnosis for recent outbreak of shingles, which are nerve related, so it's a deep rooted nerve pain, usually in your back or your abdomen, um, in the waist areas where most shingle outbreaks occur, um, and also cancer, cancer related pain because of damaged nerves from chemotherapy and radiation. So. Before you call your physician or, you know, for your loved one or for yourself, and you say, I'd like to have a prescription for lighted patches, I've heard they work really well. They do, yeah. They, they work great. But most nine times out of ten, your insurance will not cover it, and it will be an out-of-pocket expense. Um, that is not in my scope. I'm not sure what the out-of-pocket expense is for that, but I know it can be pricey. And for ongoing use, um, it, the price can add up. But if you're afforded the ability to pay for it out of pocket, go right on ahead, get a prescription. They work great. Um, so dealing with more prescription based medications that are not narcotics, but they are an appeal form. They can be prescribed by your physician. Um, some of those medications also are anti neuropathics. These medications are probably some of my favorite, especially dealing with the neuroscience population and having dealt with patients who've had scoliosis corrections and back surgeries and brain surgeries and um multiple strokes and now you know I'm um a, a neuro nerd so I love neuroscience I've worked in neuroscience for um over 15 years so um that is my specialty so anti neuropathics are medications that work specifically on the nerves so If you're having pain that derives from the nerve, as in, like I said, mentioned previously, back pain, leg pain, neck pain, arm pain, a sciatic nerve-like pain. Sometimes narcotics just does not touch that pain. You can take as many narcotics as you want, but narcotics is, is just like swallowing candies, and you're doing more harm than good. But in this case, you would need one of these medications, and common names are gabapentin or neurontin. You have Lyrica, which is pregabalin, and you also have duloxetine, which is Cymbalta. Those medications work specifically on nerves, and also these medications can also be used to treat seizure disorders but in the instance of pain gabapentin lyrica and cymbalta are your more common ones um another prescription medication are muscle relaxers muscle muscle relaxers work great you guys but you just have to be careful because they um have a um, sedating property that can make you tired make you very sleepy i'm very sensitive to muscle relaxers i've pulled my muscles um and had a back injury before as well as a um a rhomboid strain and I was prescribed a muscle relaxer And man, those things will knock you out You have to be careful when you take that I would always advise Only take and start taking that medication at night If you're going to give it to your loved one Only start with them at night Giving one dose to see how their body responds to it And just to back up anti can do the same thing They have sedating properties So only start taking it at night Don't start early in the morning If you have a whole day ahead of you because you very well could may be canceling some appointments or not be present. So start at night just to see how your body responds as well as with muscle relaxers. Um, some common muscle relaxers are cyclobenzaprine. That's also known as Flexeril. You have methocarbamol, That's Robaxin. There's Tizanidine, also known as Zanaflex. You have Metaxalone, Scalaxin, and you have Baclofen. But Baclofen is more of an uh, antispasmodic medication, so it helps with more um, spasticity, such as people who have like cerebral palsy, and that's a whole other topic. But the, these are some of the common ones that can be prescribed. Uh, prescribed. Um, and also another prescription way, but it's more invasive, is steroid injections. So if you have a knee pain or joint pain, Or, you know, guys, a steroid can be injected pretty much where there's a joint space. So you can have it in your knee. You can have it in your hip. You can have it in your foot. You have an elbow. You can have them in your lower back, your neck, your upper back. They can go through the disc space. There's all types of steroid injections that you can get, but those have to be under the supervision of a physician. And sometimes they require a a referral to a specialist that, that does that. Um... And they, a lot of times, because it is a steroid, there's usually a minimum where um, you, or maximum your doctor will only allow no more than three or four injections in the same area a year. Um just have to be very careful with steroids because overuse can cause um, steroid-induced diabetes um, because they do affect your blood sugar go up, as well as osteoporosis, especially for my elderly ladies who are sometimes at risk for osteoporosis, chronic use of steroids can do that as well, um, as well as weight gain. It's a a lot of side effects related to steroids. They're a super drug. They work great, but they're not intended for long-term use. So um, some of the the, uh, methods that are not prescription-based, also that, you know, you don't have to, Go to your doctor to get it. You can try heat and ice. You can alternate the two, between the two, or if your body responds more with heat, then stick with heat. Your body responds more with ice, stick with ice. But I will say ice is typically for nerve pain because nerves are firing off because they're inflamed back to that inflammatory response um ice will calm those nerves down so they will stop firing off and kind of numb them per se heat is more for muscle spasms muscle like pain to help calm down not calm down but soothe the muscle strain and muscle pain but i've known some people that prefer heat for nerve pain ice for muscle pain it depends on your personal preference but either way you can alternate between the two a good rule of I'll do what your um can tolerate, and also no more than ten to twenty minutes per hour. And you also may want to use a guard of some sort, maybe a pillowcase or a towel, something to protect your skin from the element itself. Um, and exercise, one of my favorites. So stretching is really good for pain. Um, massage therapy. Um, if you know, if you um, go to like a chiropractor. Um, And just to back up with exercise, another one that is not high impact and probably the most beneficial, especially for individuals that are limited in their range of motion and mobility, water therapy. Oh, my goodness. Water therapy can work wonders. It's low impact. You can get in the water. Um, Most YMCAs and most facilities that have swimming pool um, amenities offer Water therapy, you can get a prescription from your physician, and I think most times your insurance will pay for it. You file it, but it's either at a significantly reduced cost or um, your insurance will cover it. But if you're a member of the Y or for a gym that has a pool, it's free. Just sign up and attend the class, and it, it will soothe your body. It works great, as well as yoga. Yoga can help with the meditation piece, as well as some deep stretching to help. Soothe some of the whatever area your pain is in, and yoga can be used to um, soothe any body like pain. A lot of times, it doesn't really do anything for like headaches, but if you're having pain in your in your body, in your arms or legs or limbs, sciatic like pain, yoga can help stretch that out. Um, but you know, going to a chiropractor that's another option. You have to be careful with dealing with chiropractors um, because if Nothing against them. Um, I've been to a chiropractor myself. They work great, but just make sure that you're not causing more pain. You never, you should never leave in more pain than you did before you started. Um, just be careful. Make sure you follow the treatment plan and whatever their recommendations are, as well as with massage therapy because sometimes deep tissue massages can invoke pain and can and actually set you back just a little bit. So just be careful and listen to your body. So if something is causing more pain, do you want to modify that scale back just a little bit? Um Physical therapy kind of ties in with exercise because they can show you, you, can meet with a licensed therapist that can tailor and um design a exercise program specifically for your target area. So if it's for your back, they can show you exercises specifically for your back. If it's for your neck, same thing for your neck. If it's a sciatic nerve, or if it's a thigh for quad injury, core strengthening, physical therapy got hey, they've got you. They can they can work with it. I work very closely with some physical therapists, and they are great. I highly recommend it. Um, and also, they have some um, electrotherapy therapies that they can incorporate as well as well as send you home with one to try at home and it's a TENS unit a TENS unit have like these little electro pads that just comes with a little box and basically shocks and sends small impulses to the target area so um, you can do your shoulder your back your side Um, you just want to avoid any main arteries or like jugular veins if you have a neck pain just avoid those areas just because you don't of course, don't want to stimulate or send impulses to that area. It can cause a vagal response, but TENS units work great as well. Um And also meditation. Meditation is awesome just because you can become in tune with your body. You can pray. Um You can relax, you can visualize. Um, There's a segment that I talk about with affirmations um, where you can state what you want for your day, you can state what you want for your body, you can visualize yourself in a healthy state, pain free. Uh, Meditation works as well, in adjunct with some of the other therapies. But um, lastly, on the list, there's pain clinics. Um, a lot of times, there's a negative connotation that comes along with pain clinics, where people think, "Oh, they just want to give me pain meds." Not all the time. They they are skilled, and that's their specialty in managing chronic pain. So, a lot of times, you can't. They will prescribe narcotics if it's needed, but there, it's not where it's just a factory where you just go get pain pills, pain pills, pain pills. They're not in the business to make people addicted to it. They're there to help deal with chronic pain, and they are skilled in um Multiple modalities and ways to deal with that type of pain, whether it is with injections that we've discussed, whether it was is with um, prescription medications, whether it's narcotic or not, um, they have further recommendations they can, closely monitor your pain and make mod- uh, modifications and recommendations as needed. But most time, you do have to have a referral from your primary care physician or from a specialist, or if you're seeing a neurosurgeon for back pain or whatever, or orthopedic, they can make a referral to the pain clinic and they can help manage chronic pain. I wouldn't recommend um, the pain clinic for acute pain. That's more for chronic pain. But these again are all alternatives and methods for alleviating pain Besides narcotics, like I said before, narcotics, um, they work and they just have to be very careful and they have to be managed appropriately by um, a licensed physician. I hope this information has been helpful for you guys. If you want to receive more free resources, more information like this, please check me out at firstcarekit.com as well as on Facebook um, at First Care Kit and Pinterest First Care Kit. Check out our boards. um, Join our groups. There's a private group in Facebook where, you know, we can – talk about some open discussions, forums, I post some things in there. But I love this. I'm so passionate about it. I'm the caregiver's caregiver. My name is Nurse Tish. Again, this information is not in to bypass what you've discussed with your physician, but just to help you out just a little bit. Um, I hope this helped. Thank you. And see you in the next segment.